so, um, so Matt, Matt was while we were in in the middle. Matt said, "What are the chances of going to Hawaii and running into someone who is from uh, Fairfield, uh, California, who lives so close to you and stuff like that?" But it reminded me several years ago, I was flying back. I don't remember where I was, but I was flying back. Uh, maybe it was from Little Rock or someplace like that. Anyway, but I was in the airport in Dallas, Texas. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm walking through the airport in Dallas, Texas, and I can hear someone saying, Pastor Gary, Pastor Gary. And I'm like, you know, there's, there's got to be a thousand Pastor Gary's in Dallas, Texas, okay? Uh, I'm like, you know, who, you know, who's going to be calling to me, uh, in, in the airport in Dallas, Texas? And so I'm walking along, and again, I hear someone saying, Pastor Gary, Pastor Gary. And I'm like, okay, so I turn around, and it was Michael Castillo, uh, uh, Steve and Sandy's grandson. It was hilarious. And, uh, yeah, small world. Uh, you know, real quick, I just kind of want to talk about, from time to time, you'll hear me say things in our church. You'll hear me say that, that the church is who we are when we follow Jesus and live his mission together. That the church is not a building uh, that we meet in. The church is not a service time on Sunday mornings. But the church is who we are. It's who we are. And it's who we are when we're following Jesus and we're living his mission together. And our mission as a church is inviting people to follow Jesus. That's what we're about. Inviting people to follow Jesus so they become more like him. And in our church, we have values that don't just inform what we do, but how we do everything we do. And some of those values that are really important to us, that just kind of define everything that we're about, and one of those is that everyone matters. In our church, we believe that every person matters. We believe that, that as long as there is one lost person in this community who needs hope, you know anybody like that? As long as there's one, lo- one lost person in our community who needs hope, someone who needs to know what we were seeing about earlier, the reckless love of God. Uh, as long as there is one person who needs Jesus, we're going to do everything we can to reach that person. Uh, that, that what we are about, one of our values is, is community, uh, uh, that, that, um, community focused that we don't want to just focus on our own needs our own concerns but we want to focus on meeting the needs of people in our community to build bridges for the gospel that's what we're about that for us that that one of our values is relationally warm and this means a lot more than just simply being a friendly place on sunday mornings but but for us we want to be relationally warm meaning that we want to create safe places because people need that People need, every one of us, we need a safe place where we can be ourselves. Uh, and, and we know that we have a, a safe place where we can connect and grow. And so we're, we're, we want to pursue that value of relationally warm. That also the, the, the value of Scripture lived. And for us, the Scripture, when we say Scripture lived, this, that, that what we mean by that is we don't want to just learn Scripture to know Scripture. We don't want to just study the Bible as an intellectual exercise. But we want to learn Scripture to actually live Scripture, where we begin to experience the, the life-changing transformation that it brings. And then finally, that one of our, our values is that of, of uh, next-step discipleship, is, is that we understand that from now until we die, we're all in process. None of us have arrived. None of us are perfect. But we want to be people who are eager to take the next step in following Jesus, and that's what we're about as a church. And that's why we do things like Week of Hope this week. Because what we're going to do is, is we are going to focus on loving and serving people in this community that Jesus loves. And we're going to love those people, 
and we're going to serve those people, and we're going to do things like the car wash. And you know what? If five cars stop by, we're going to wash five cars, and we're going to show five people that they matter to God by showing them that they matter to us by loving them and serving them. And if there's 500 cars, we're going to be here for a long time. <laughs> but, but we're going to love, and we're going to serve those people, and, and we're going to be doing other things with the leaven, working with some of the children uh, from some of the, 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 the most challenging neighborhoods in our community. And we're, we're going to be doing some stuff over at the air base. And, and we're going to be, uh, we're going to show first responders in our community that they matter to God by, by showing them that they matter to us by giving them some baked goodies and stuff like that. But what we're going to be doing is we're going to be loving and serving people all week long. And then what we want to be doing as we're doing that is we want to, not in a brash, pushy, you know, not trying to push something on someone that they don't want, but what we're going to be doing is, in just in a real gracious way, inviting people to a celebration of Hope Barbecue and Concert. That's what our Week of Hope is about. It's about celebrating hope, and we're going to have the Celebration of Hope Barbecue and Concert, and we're going to have fantastic food, just like we did last year. And we're going to have, uh, we're going to have a, a, a fantastic concert with John Volts and with his band from up in uh, Folsom. And, uh, and then what we're going to do is one of our guys, Josh Tenney. Josh, thanks for being willing to do this. But Josh is going to share a little bit of his story of how he's found hope in Christ and how that hope in Christ doesn't make him perfect, but how that hope in Christ is transforming him and changing him, how it's made a difference in his life. Uh, uh, Carolyn is going to share with us a devotion about the hope that we have in Christ. It's fantastic. I've actually been able to read uh, kind of a first and second draft of it, but what she has put together is really cool. And then what I'm going to do is I'm just going to invite people to put their hope in Jesus. And that's what, what, what Week of Hope is about, because that's what we're about. We're about we're about following Jesus and living his mission together in our community. So that's what's coming up, and, and really excited about all you guys, not just wearing red shirts, but, but showing up in our community, loving and serving people and being a part of that. Uh, we've been doing a series right now. Uh, we've been doing a series uh, called Philippians, The Joy-Filled Life, and we've been going through the book of Philippians together. And we're going to continue that series. And what we have said about Philippians, if you haven't been here before today, or, or perhaps maybe you've been here, but you've just kind of forgotten, uh, that, that the book of Philippians, the message of Philippians is this, is that there is hope in the gospel, or excuse me, there is hope in the gospel, but there's joy in the gospel. That's the theme of the book of Philippians. That there's joy in the gospel. And when we say, we talk about the gospel, and, and Philippians talks about the gospel a lot. Philippians is a short book, only 104 verses. But in those 104 verses, the gospel is used 11 different times. And in times it's talked about, not called the gospel, but still spoken of. And what the gospel is this. This is the gospel, according to Luke, one of the disciples of Jesus and one of the men who started the church in Philippi. But according to Luke, the gospel is this. The gospel is, and, and the word gospel means good news. The gospel is good news for all people. That's what the gospel is. It's good news for all people that a Savior has been born. That it's good news of great joy. And in, 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 in the book of Philippians, over and over again, we see the word joy, or we see the word rejoice, or, 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 or being uh, of good cheer. We see it used again and again, 16 times in 104 verses. And so the message of Philippians is that there is, there's joy in the gospel. And, and, and what we're looking at right now in the section that we're looking at, you know, Paul talks to these people about conducting themselves or living their lives in a manner worthy of the gospel, that good news. 
And so we want to pick up on that, and we want to continue on that today. And I want to read for you. Uh, if you have your Bible, I'd encourage you to open up to Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. Uh, but we're going to look at Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And then out of that, what I'd like to do is just share with you a few thoughts of what this means for us today, kind of the so what, the now what uh, of this text. And in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, the Bible says this. It says, have this attitude in yourselves. By the way, you get to choose your attitude. Did you know that? Uh, you can have a really, really good attitude, or you can have a really lousy attitude. Uh, but, but, but we get to choose our attitude. And, and what the Bible says, it says, have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Christ Jesus had an attitude. Christ had a, he had an attitude. What did that attitude look like? Uh, have this attitude, which, which Christ Jesus also had, who although he existed in the form of God, you know what that means? That means everything that God is, Jesus is. That He is, was the fullness of God, always, forever. From eternity past into eternity future. That, that, uh, although He, He, although He existed in the form of God, He did not regard equality with God. Something to be grasped. Something to hang on to. Something to cling to, something to use for his own advantage. No. Instead, he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant and being made in the likeness of men. Being found in appearance as a man, he, Jesus, humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And for this reason also, God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name. So that the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. Of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Curtis, he grew up in, uh, he grew up in rural Pennsylvania. Uh, he, he spent his days, uh, summer as a kid, uh, in the countryside, in the woods. Uh, he spent his days as, as a, as a boy, uh, fighting in, in, um, in, in killing imaginary dragons. He had a very imaginative childhood. Uh, but today, um, Curtis is no longer in Pennsylvania. Today, Curtis is an accountant. Uh, working for a firm in the Bay Area. From an outward perspective, Curtis, his life looks good. He's got a, a really, really good job. He's making more money than he's ever made. He's not rich, but he's he's doing okay. He can pay the bills. He has a very nice home. Not, not an extravagant home, but he has a nice home. He has a beautiful girlfriend. He's got lots of friends. Uh, he, his life looks like it's supposed to look when you're in your 30s, at least according to him and according to his parents. Uh, he's got a lot of friends. Life looks good. But on the inside for Curtis, there's a little more turmoil. You see, Curtis has some dragons. He has some dragons. And, and these dragons, they're not imaginary. They're very, very real. Uh, the, the dragons that, that Curtis is fighting today, they're, they're dragons that, that whisper to him things like, you know, Curtis, you get paid a lot for what you do. 
But in reality, there's no real value in anything you do. I mean, you benefit from what you do, but what you do benefits no one. So here's this dragon whispering to him, there's no real value in his work. He hears this dragon, this dragon speaks to him, and this dragon says things like, you know, you know, uh, Curtis, your life is really uh, without meaning, without purpose. You mean, you're, you're here, you're working, you got a nice home, but, but your life has no real ultimate significance or purpose. Uh, he's, he's fighting dragons, real dragons. And, and one of those dragons says something to him, something, something kind of like this, you know, you know, Curtis, if people knew you the way I knew you, if people knew the real you, the, the you, you you are in secret, the person that you are in your heart, your thought life, your mind, if people knew you the way I know you, your friends would walk away from you. You have no real friends. You know, Curtis, if you were to die today, seven and a half billion people in this world, none of them would really care. Their life would continue on just the same, unchanged. You see, Curtis has dragons. He has dragons, real dragons, in the inner life. You know what dragons feel like? You know, the Bible tells us that Jesus came to slay dragons. Uh, Finally, in the book of Revelation, you see this incredible, fantastic, apocalyptic, and metaphorical struggle uh, between the Lord Jesus Christ and this dragon of old, the serpent, the liar, Satan, the adversary that he ultimately defeats. But in our lives, sometimes we, we, we struggle. We, we, uh, we have these battles with these dragons. You know what? When Jesus loved you, and he did, uh, he loved you with a, a, a love that, that, you know, it, he loved you with this, like what we were singing about earlier, this, this, this never-ending, this crazy, overwhelming, reckless love. You know, when God loved you and when God loved me and when he showed up on the scene, you know, he didn't show up. He didn't, he didn't show up riding this big white stallion, brandishing a sword, you know, he, he didn't do that. You know, he didn't come on the scene looking like, I don't know, John Wayne or Clint Eastwood or Tom Cruise or whoever the big actor is nowadays, all right? He didn't come on the scene like that. No, when, when Jesus came on the scene, and think about this, think about this. Jesus, the fullness of God. Jesus, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Jesus, the one who spoke the word. And a hundred billion trillion stars, uh, stars were formed. That Jesus... When he came into the world, he came into the world the same way you did. He came as a little baby. See, Jesus came with great humility. He, he came with great humility. When he was born into this world, he wasn't born. He wasn't born to some princess in, in, in some palace, in, in, in some great capital of the world. No, no. When, 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 when Jesus came into this world, he was born... To a peasant girl. Someone who is, from a worldly perspective, insignificant, unimportant. The kind of person who dies and and everything goes on and nobody even thinks about it. That's the kind of girl he was born to. He was born to a peasant girl in a part of the world that was just forgettable. 
forgettable. Little town of Bethlehem. You know, when Jesus comes on the scene uh, to slay our dragons, he comes to us humbly. I want to share with you, if I can, three thoughts, you know, the kind of the so what, the now what of what we're looking at in, in Philippians uh, chapter 2, verses 5 through 11. And, and three things that I think are, are really important that we need to, uh, to get from this text. And, and the first of these things is, what does all this mean for us? The first thing is this, is that in this text, in Philippians chapter 2, verses 5 through 11, we have a mindset, we have a mindset or we have an attitude uh, to imitate. That in these words, in this message uh, of the Bible, we have, you have, I have, uh, we have a, a, a mindset to imitate. So what the Bible says, and in, in, in the um, the New American Standard says it this way: Have this attitude in yourselves, which is also in Christ Jesus. That 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 in this text, there's a message for you. There's a message for you. There's a message here that God wants you to have that same attitude as Christ Jesus. The NIV says, in your relationships with one another, the way you interact with each other in your daily life. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. The New Living Translation says, have the same attitude. The NRSV says, let the same mind be in you that was in Christ Jesus. So what does that mean? What does that mean? It means it means several things. It means that, that when you have the attitude of Jesus and when I have the attitude of Jesus, see, Jesus humbled himself for you and me. It's a lot of people, they really struggle with the song that we sang earlier about the reckless love of God. Some people say, well, that's not really appropriate to talk about God's love as being reckless. I'm not sure what you would call going to the cross. But, I, you know, it, it cost him his life. Okay? That, 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 this, that when, when we follow this love of Jesus and we follow this attitude of Jesus, several things are going to begin to, to happen. When we, when we imitate the attitude of Christ, number one, we stop using our rights for our own advantage. Have you ever heard someone say you've got to fight for your rights? Did Jesus fight for his rights? That may be the American way, but it's not the Jesus way. Okay? It's not the way you follow Jesus. We stop using our rights for our own advantage, what's best for me, and voluntarily, voluntarily lay them aside for the sake of other people. Okay? But no longer am I using my rights to do what's best for me. I'm now using them for what's in the, what, not what is, what's in it for me, but what's in it for you. By the way, by the way, uh, there's a shadow side to preaching and teaching the Word of God on a Sunday morning. There is. There's a shadow side, one that I have to be very aware of every week. See, if I show up on a Sunday morning and my focus is on anything other than loving you and serving you, and I end up not really serving Jesus. That, that every once in a while, the shadow part of me wants to hear someone say, well, gee, Gary, that was a great sermon. And if I'm not careful, instead of serving you, I'm serving myself, and I'm looking for affirmation. There can be a, sad, a shadow side of preaching and teaching the Word of God. By the way, by the way, did you know there can be a shadow side to how you come here and worship on a Sunday morning? Did you know that? There can be. There can be. There can be. Uh, in, in fact, a, a while back, my wife was talking with, with a person who attends another church. And, and this person was talking with my wife, and they said, it's a great show. That's what they said. Now, my guess is uh, the pastor of the church, if he heard her say that, he'd probably cringe. 
Because the, the church is a lot more than a show. But if we're not careful, we begin to approach church like consumers. We become disciples of our culture instead of disciples of Jesus. And if we're not careful, we treat a worship service as a service that's for you, for me. It's a service that we consume. See, worship isn't a service that we consume. Worship is a service that we give. Worship is a service that I give to God when I put my focus on Him and off of me. And so that we're showing up, and we're no longer showing up for what serves us best, but how we can serve other people. We imitate the attitude of Christ, and we stop using our rights for our own advantage and voluntarily lay them aside for the sake of others. We choose the role of a servant. Uh, when, when we imitate the attitude of, of Christ, we choose the role of a servant instead of uh, striving for the role of one who's, one who's to be served. Now, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I like being served. I do. I do. I like, I like being served. Yesterday, we, we went to San Francisco uh, to celebrate Cass's uh, 22nd birthday. Uh, and we, we went there, and we ended up going to Pier 39, and we went to uh, Bubba Gump's, and uh, I had all this kind of shrimp and stuff like that. And I'll be honest with you, I like being served. I do. I do. Uh, but, but you know, the, the, the thing is, is, and there's nothing wrong with being served. You know, sometimes, I'll be honest with you, sometimes there, there can be this, this I want to serve, but I don't want to be served. And we do need to receive service from other people. But there's also that side of us that, that we need to not just do what's best for us and seek to be served, but seeking to serve other people. That, that's the reason we do things like showing up and, and ser- serving with our children or serving with our student ministries here on a Wednesday or, or, or greeting people on a Sunday morning or, I don't know, painting walls and putting up wood walls and, and creating a warmer worship atmosphere for the church. Uh, it, it's the reason we do things like go into our community and serve in different ways. But when we imitate the attitude of Christ, we choose the role of a servant. And then when we imitate the attitude of Christ, we become obedient no matter what the cost. See, in verse 8, in verse 8, what, what the Bible tells us, that, that he, Jesus, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Wow. I mean, you're talking about being inconvenient. That's pretty tough, obedience. Being obedient no matter what. That's what it means to have the attitude of Christ. In in this text, I said there are three things that we need to see. The first thing we need to see is we have a mindset to imitate. Number two, we have a Lord to celebrate. We we have a Lord to celebrate. That in verse 9, what the Bible tells us that, that for this reason also God, God the Father, highly exalted him, Jesus God the Son, and bestowed on him the name that's above every name. That in this text we see we we have a a, a Lord to celebrate. That 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 uh, God exalted him and gave him the name that's above every name, so that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. That we have a, a, a Lord to celebrate. We, we have a, a Lord to celebrate. The, the one, the one who's been given the name that's above every name. The one that at his name, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess. You know what that means? That means every tyrant who's ever lived. That means Adolf Hitler. That means Joseph Stalin. That means Idi Amin. That means, that means Attila the Hun. Ivan the Terrible. Every tyrant, hateful ruler who's ever lived will one day bow their knee to Jesus. They will. 
whether they want to or not, they will bow their knee and they'll say, whoa, Jesus is Lord. You know what that means? You know what it means to say that, 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 that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father? You know what that means? That means that one day the founder of every major world religion, that means that one day uh, the, the, the greatest speakers of every major world religion and every major world philosophy, that means that one day Confucius will bow his knee and say that Jesus is Lord. That means that one day Siddhartha Gautama will fall on his knees and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. It means that one day the one called the prophet Muhammad will bow his knee and say that Jesus is Lord. And it may not be politically correct, but it is undeniable truth. And you will see the truth of it. When we say that one day every knee will, will bow, every tongue will confess, that means that everybody I've ever named in this message, including me, that means that, that, that people like Steven Spielberg, that means people like Donald Trump, that means people like Barack Obama, it means Jennifer Lopez, it means, it means movie stars, it means singers, entertainers, that one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. We have a Lord to celebrate. Now, that's what the essence of worship is. In this text, I said that we, we, have, we have three things that we need to see here. The first one, as I said, we, we, we have an, an attitude or a mindset to imitate. Number two, I said we have a Lord to celebrate. Number three, and this isn't in the immediate text, but it's in the, 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 the greater context of the Scripture. And, and I, I, I want to weave this in because of what we're doing this week with Week of Hope is that the, the, the third thing that we have is this, is we, we have a hope to communicate. We, we have an attitude, we have an attitude uh, to, to imitate. We have a Lord to celebrate, but we also have, um, we, we, we have a, a hope to communicate. That what the Bible tells us in, in, in Philippians chapter 127, which is kind of an introduction to everything that flows after it, because in, in, in chapter 1, verse 27, the Bible says this. It says, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. And Paul goes on to say, so whether I hear about it or I see it personally, I will know about you, that you are standing firm together, striving together for the faith of the gospel. See, we are to, to conduct ourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ, striving together, what? For the faith of the gospel. That's what we are about as a church, that, that we have a gospel, that we have uh, good news, good news, good news of great joy, good news of great joy that is for all people. It doesn't matter what race that person is from. It doesn't matter what religion they currently follow. It doesn't matter what their political persuasion is, what side of the freeway they're from or what side of the railroad tracks. It doesn't matter if they have a great education or very little education. It is, the gospel is good news. It's good news of great joy for people like Curtis, for people like you, for people like me. It is that we have, uh, and there's hope in this gospel. And, and it's why we are striving together for the faith, this, what we believe in the gospel. See, this is the reason why we're going to love and we're going to serve people in our community. 
We're not just going to do that today, and we're not going to just do that tomorrow on Tuesday, Wednesday. But this is the reason why that we as a people, what we are about is being the church, living, following Jesus together, living his mission together, serving people, loving the people that Jesus loved, loving and serving them with that reckless love of God, and then sharing with them this profound hope that we have. Because people in our community, they need hope. They need hope. Christ humbled himself to save people like Curtis. He humbled himself to save people like Curtis, like you and me, from our dragons. He came to save us. Um, he came to save us from the shadow side of who we are. He, he came to save us from all of our sins, not just some of them. And in um, this Jesus, he, he came to save us, and, and God has highly exalted him. So that the name of Jesus, one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray. God, today we want to celebrate who you are. We want to, we want to celebrate who you are. We, we, want to, um, we want to praise you and worship you because you are Lord of all. That you are the creator of the heavens and the earth and all that they contain. That, that you are... Uh, you are the one, Lord Jesus, we want to praise you and thank you because you are God the Son. You are the one who humbled yourself. You are the one who gave up all of your rights as God and poured out yourself for us, becoming obedient to the point of death. Uh, Lord, we want, to, we, we want to thank you for doing that. And, and we want to give you praise because, it, because all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to you. Because you are Lord, and one day every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that you're, you're Lord. God, I pray this week that you would help us to, to, uh, to imitate this mindset, this attitude of Jesus. I pray, God, uh, that you would help us to celebrate this Lord uh, that we serve, that we would celebrate you. And, God, I pray that you would help us to communicate the hope that we have in Jesus uh, to our community. And I pray this for the honor of the glory of your name. Amen.